Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Good morning, everyone. Yes, good morning. Good morning. So good to see you all. Hey, I know physically I can't see you, but when I'm speaking to you, I visualize you. I visualize like I'm sitting on the stage and I know where you where you all usually sit. Yeah. And I you know, I can see the people that normally people sit, sit the on the spots. right. And yeah. yeah, everyone normally has their favourite place. Mess so. with Pastor Kylie and shift your seat next time you come back to church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do that. No, no. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> yeah, so um we're visualizing you this morning. And um, it's so good to have you gathering with us in mm. your homes. And um, it won't be too long. Hey, we can see light at the end of the tunnel. So hopefully it won't be too long until we, we will be physically gathering together again. Yes. I was just so, m- mouthing. Is my iPad around here somewhere? <laughs> but I, just because you were prepared. Someone, someone will get it. Yes. Someone will find it. They will. Um. So I want, I want to look at a couple of passages of Scripture this morning, and I apologize that um, I didn't give these Scriptures to Jesse. So. But you, you can go get your Bible right now, and even though it's not on the screen, you can find it in your Bible. your Bible. So grab your Bible right now. Um, we're going to look at Psalm 23, which is a really oh, familiar yes. psalm. A lot of you I love psalm have memorized, well, we know at least some of Psalm 23. Yeah. But I, th- I think it's such an applicable psalm right now for where we're, where we're at right now. And it starts off by saying, The Lord is my shepherd. Mm. I shall not be in want. Come on. And, you know, often we focus on the shepherd part of that statement. Mm. But it's actually a statement of lordship right from the start there. David says, It's the Lord who's my shepherd. Mm. He says... You know, he is my Lord, therefore I know that he's going to take care of me. And David, we, you know, David was actually a shepherd, wasn't he? He was. Before he was drafted into the king's service, before he ever became king, he was a shepherd himself. So he knew, he knew how important it was to have that relationship with the, with the sheep, where the sheep trusted him yeah. and submitted to him. Yeah. So he knew about lordship. But he said, you know, now the Lord is my shepherd. And because of that, I shall not be in want. And he makes me lie down in green pastures. Mm. And, and this phrase really stood out to me when I was reading this psalm this week because it says he makes me. Mm. It doesn't yep. say he suggests that I lie down in green pastures yes. yep. or that he, he leads me to the pastures so I can lie down. It says he makes me. Yeah, just gesticulates and says, eh. Here you go. Eh. He makes me. And yep. we, we don't like to think that us being strong-willed humans, that we're ever made to do anything, oh, yeah. do we? Because that's, that's when we start to feel uncomfortable, where we feel like our will is yes. somehow being taken over or, or violated. But if we've settled the lordship issue... Ooh. If the yes. Lord, Come if on. he is our Lord, then we've already given him permission <laughs> to sometimes make us do things yeah. because we've surrendered our will to him. Yep. And so if he makes me lie down, if he makes me rest, mm. if he's my Lord, then I'm okay with yep. that. Then I'm, I'm fine with that. 
And Psalm 23 is sandwiched between two two yeah, Lord right. statements. Because yep. it starts with, the Lord is my shepherd. shepherd. And it ends with, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm. So it's bookended by two statements about who who David's Lord is. And and you could read it like this. If the Lord is my shepherd, then I won't be in want. If the Lord is my shepherd, it's okay for him to make me rest. Mm. It's okay for him yeah, come on. to say stop sometimes. It's okay for him to put his to put his foot on the brake or put his finger on the pause button or mm. the reset button of my reset. life. Then that's okay with me. And if the Lord is my shepherd, then he leads me beside still waters, mm. which speaks to me of peace. Yeah. You know, still waters. Mm. Not the crazy white water rafting, how some of us sometimes live our lives, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but he leads me beside still waters. He's taking me to a place of rest, yeah. to a, a place of peace. And then verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, mm. we've, we've been walking for a while with the shadow of this virus hanging over us, but I will fear no ev- evil because he is with me. Mm. Because he's my Lord and yep. he's with me. Yeah, so I'm not going to go through the whole, the whole psalm, but it's just such a beautiful psalm of comfort for us right now mm. that if he's our Lord, he's got this. Yep. And, and it's okay that we're being made to rest at the moment. It's okay that we're being made to lie down because he's going to provide for us. Yeah. He's going to give us peace. Yes, he's going to totally. give us rest. And it's, he's going to take care of us. It's interesting, the, whole, the, the thing here about, you know, he leads me beside still and quiet waters. I'm reading the Amplified as you're reading that out. Um, it, I don't know what the percentages are, but it's, some, it's somewhere in the high 80s of the, the population of the earth, 80% plus, live next to water. Wow. There's something intrinsically mm-hmm. um, drawing mm-hmm. for us to water. and. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it, you know, when we take the boat out and mm. it's a push and it's hard work getting it out. But then you get out and you're on the water and you just go, there's something about being out on the water. This is why we're here. This is what it's for. And like even, you know, we're River Edge Church. We're right next to the river. So we, the river's just that way. And you walk down there. I'm, I'm just envisioning what it looks like at the moment, just with the sun coming up above the gum trees, going around the corner, you've got the sandbar across there, the, wa- the sunlight would just be just hitting the water beautifully. Beautiful day out there today, isn't it? Well done, God. And um, <laughs> I don't mean that in a condescending way at all. Wow, I'm just amazed at that. And there's something about being around water that just, it restores you. Um, and we're 70% water as well. So there, there's a connection there um, because of that, that yeah, this, it's, it's valuable to us. It's, it has worth, worth to us. But there's something about that still waters. We need water to survive. But there's something about being around water that just creates that. It's good for our souls as well. So in that place at the moment, if you're at home, um, like it's good to meditate on things of God. And, and this is one of those things. Meditate on those green pastures. Meditate on those still waters, you know. Do when you're laying there and just breathing and 
just meditate on those things, what he does for us. Because it's, it, it's not just nice words. These are valuable, worthy things in our lives. So, Yeah, mm. yeah I, I love it when it says he restores our soul. Yeah. Because it's during these quiet times where we have to stop yes. that God can minister to our soul. Mm. And maybe our soul has been a little far from him lately. And there needs to be a restoration in that relationship with him. Or maybe our soul has been distracted lately. And this is an opportunity for us to just spend time with him and to feed on on those green pastures Mm. of his word and just spend time in worship and restore that relationship of our soul to our father. Allow him to bring restoration at this time. So good. But I... I was thinking about, you know, when we're talking about being being made to rest, being made to lie down and the whole lockdown scenario, there are times in the Bible where people were in lockdown. There are several examples in the Bible where people were made to stop and... And they didn't really have a choice in the matter, just like we don't really have a choice in the matter right now. There was Joseph in jail. Yeah. There was Jonah in the whale. Mm. Hey, you're you, going you could, you could make a rhyme out of this. Yeah. There was Israel stuck in the wilderness. No, that doesn't beat into the mad rhymes. There was John on the Isle of Patmos. That rhymes. It does. There was Paul in prison. There was Esther in the palace. And there's one more. David in the cave. These were all examples in scripture where mm. people were set aside for a time. Yeah. They, were, they were isolated. They were set apart. But it was always for a purpose. It, yeah. was, never, it was never for, for no purpose. Mm. So it was either they were being prepared for something yeah. or it was a really productive time. Like Paul, for example, when he was in prison... He wrote Ephesians, Colossians, Hebrews, Philippians. He wrote some of his best letters when he was in lockdown, Mm. in prison. We had Joseph being prepared to lead Egypt while he was in prison. We have Jonah being prepared to save a city while he was locked in the belly of a whale. Yeah. I don't remember God giving him a choice about that, do you? No, and it's a big perspective change, isn't it? Yeah. Going from the deck of a boat to – does anyone even able to imagine what a smelly whale belly – I want to go with the rhymes. Um, I like it. It's like, <laughs> like even just nice um, fish, fillets, smell. Mm-hmm. Imagine what that cesspool that provides for the nice fish flesh. You know, like yeah. he's in the belly of a whale – I would, I would prefer Esther's lockdown, <laughs> where she's in the palace being prepared to meet the king for 12 months. Yeah, being bathed in Being bathed in and myrrh yes, and cosmetics. Manicures, and pedicures. Being prepared to meet, meet the king. That's, that's a much better lockdown than yeah. being in the belly of a whale. That's much like your lockdown. Yeah, much. much that's what I do most Everyone days. here is laughing <laughs> with me or at me. Which is it? Um, <laughs> Yeah, so there's all these examples in scripture. Yes. Where people are in lockdown, they're they're in, you know, set apart 
And it's when God is doing something in their life to prepare them for something right, greater. Esther. I mean, Kylie. <laughs> so we ask the question, what is God preparing us for during this time? Are we allowing God to do preparation in us She's during something. this time? Yes. You know, or are we just killing time, mm. you know, watching things on Netflix, trying to pass the time? Which, you know, there's nothing wrong with having some relax, nope. but are we also spending some time before God saying, what are you preparing me for in this time and oh, what do I need to do to prepare my heart Come for on. where you want to take me yes. on the other side of yes. this? And I think what Steve McCracken had, had to say prophetically over the church mm. last week gives us a glimpse of that, doesn't it? Does. it? What God's preparing us Wasn't for. Great word. So good. Encouraging word all around. Yeah. 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 So God's preparing us for the miraculous. Mm. He's preparing us for increase. You know, he's preparing us. You know, in a way it feels like the church has become smaller during this time, but actually the church has had to become larger. Yes. We've had to extend our, our reach further yep. beyond where where we would normally extend our reach. Yes. So. And we are becoming larger as, as a church, as individuals. Our capacity is becoming larger. God is preparing us for something on the other side of this. That's very good. So it's so easy to become focused on where we are now. Yes, the little room that we're mm. in, the isolation. Yeah, but God is preparing us for more. Yeah. And he's enlarging us. So well, since you spoke on miraculous just then, can we mm. there's there's a number of people that are needing healing at the moment. And um like I'm like Wayne Roberts is down in Melbourne at the moment and um there are a number of other people that are ill and sick, but not only that, you might be at home and we don't know you. Um you've just tuned in and you're watching flicking through YouTube, I don't know, picked up on us or something like that. And you need a breakthrough in your life. See, we, we've been made in the image of God. And so we reflect his nature in certain aspects. And he is healer. So part of us is that we heal. We have natural healing in our body. So um, natural healing kicks on all the time. We don't even notice it. But it's when it doesn't work efficiently and effectively, that's when we notice it. So uh, right now, can we pray for those that are needing healing? Are you okay if you stay with your points? Sure. Are you on your points? I'm, I'm not it. distracting you no. too much. No. Is that all right? Yeah. Guys here, do you want to agree with us as well? Yeah. Yep, they're all agreeing. So the Word of God says where two or more agree on something, then it's done by our Father. It's enacted by our Father in heaven. So you've got a bunch of people here right now praying for you and praying for the breakthrough in your life. And I'm mindful of a number of people in our church family that are needing healing at the moment. I'm not going to call them out by name. I don't want to embarrass anyone or anything like that, but I know maybe they'll go searching you on Facebook. I don't want to put names out there, you know, like I'm conscious of that. So um, let's agree on that this morning. Can, can I have your hand? Let's agree on this. Father God, I thank you that you are healer. You don't just do healings, you are healer. And we call on that aspect of your name, of your nature, 
that you are God, our healer. You proclaim that over us. You said, I am the God who heals you. Father, I thank you for natural healing that's in our bodies, that's going on all the time. Thank you for that genius plan that you put healing in our bodies. But Father, right now we just call on the name of Jesus because by the stripes that his body endured, we are reminded, we are promised, and it is sealed, it is done and proclaimed that you will heal us. We are healed. So right now I speak to those tumours, shrink and die. I speak to those blood vessels, open and live. I speak to those eyes, see, ears, hear, legs move, arms move, pain be gone in Jesus' name. We speak kingdom wholeness, kingdom salvation over each life, over each body, over each household. Where there has been a spirit of infirmity in homes, we command a fresh wind to blow over the garden of that home. And we say, sickness be gone And we just speak peace, we speak wholeness, we speak healing in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the authority that we have in words, Father, that you spoke and everything came into being. And we now have that same authority to speak things into being or command things to cease. And we do that right now. Thank you, Father, for healing. If you need healing, start thanking Father. Say, thank you, God, for healing. Thank you for healing with me. Thank you for taking away my pain. Thank you for reducing that and and causing tumours to shrink and and for life to flow. Father, we just proclaim life in Jesus' mighty name. Zoe life, fullness of life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord God. Sorry, keep going. I just felt prompted to do no, that. No, that was great. That. So good. So good. Thanks. So, yeah, there was just one example of a family that went into lockdown in the Bible that really stood out to me that I wanted to explore a little more. And that was Noah's family. Oh, and yes. They were in lockdown on a boat. That's really good. Of all places. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds familiar, doesn't it? But... Uh, by the, still waters. The earth was in chaos during this time. Yes. There, were, there were not many people in Noah's time that were still following against or still following God. Well, he was the only one. He, he was <laughs> pretty much the only one, Noah and his family. And it says in, um, so it, this is in Genesis chapter 6 to 9, if you want to follow along. It says that, that Noah found favor with God. Mm. Noah found favor with God. So he was a righteous man. He had a heart after God. And it says in Second Chronicles that the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth yep. in order to strengthen those who are fully committed to him. So God is always searching the earth, looking for those individuals whose hearts are fully set on him so that he can entrust those people with an important task, with salvation. Mm. So at this time he found Noah. He got, um, Noah found favor with God. And God instructed him to save his family and his whole, yeah, to, mm. by building an ark. So he gave him really specific instructions on the ark. He said, I want you to build it out of cypress wood. He gave him instructions on the material and the measurements. It was huge. Mm. It was enormous. He said it, it has to be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. And so Go for wood. When you think about it, Noah was a farmer, yes. wasn't he? Yeah. Like he'd probably never built a boat before. But farmers can do anything. 
But farmers can do anything. Yeah, they can. But God was the architect of the ark. Noah was just the builder of the ark. Very good. God gave him really specific instructions. And um, Genesis kind of indicates that Noah had probably never seen rain either. It hadn't, the Bible yeah. doesn't really mention rain before no. the great flood. There was like a mist that used to come down and water. So and there we were think. streams, yes. we think. We're not sure. We're not That's kind of what the Bible that. hints at, doesn't it? Genesis 2 says that. Yeah. When yeah, that there are rivers and streams yeah. and mists. And so maybe, maybe Noah had never even seen rain. So you can imagine the ridicule that he faced when he's building this massive boat. Yes. By, by the people at the time. Rain is coming. What's rain? Yeah. It's a precipitate. You're, you're crazy, Noah. What's that? <laughs> and it says, but it says in Genesis 7, 5 that Noah did everything that, God, did. that yes. God commanded him. He was faithful. He built the ark the way the Lord commanded mm. him. And then it says in, in seven sixteen, and then the Lord shut them in. Yeah. When they went in. When they went in, the Lord shut them in. The yeah. Lord shut the door. God, Noah didn't. Yeah. Every movie's been wrong. So, <laughs> yeah. So they were in lockdown. And Noah didn't God even have to the get door. the animals either. God bought the animals. He bought, to him. He Every bought movie's them. been wrong. <sighs> yeah, I've only seen Hollywood. One. Hey, it, yeah, it Sorry. was wrong. <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> when God shuts the, shuts a door in our life, oh. Right? Listening to this. And we, don't, we feel like we don't have a choice in that. Come on. There's always a reason why God oh, yeah. shuts the door. Yep. And it's usually to protect us from something. It's, it's usually for our own good. Because I'm sure they had no idea about the ferocity of that storm that was coming. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, <laughs> but they had God no idea. shut the door and, and he said, you don't want to be out there because I know what's coming. So sometimes God knows what's coming and we don't and God mm. shuts a door Ooh. on us. Yeah. And it's another one of those moments where we, we feel like we don't have a say in the matter, but God knows best. Yeah. It's one of those lordship, lordship moments, things. isn't it? Yes. But and then it says that the waters rose greatly on the earth and all the high mountains were covered. I did a bit of math on this, right? Because I know you enjoy math. Yes. Right? I do. I try not to do math too often, but I know that you enjoy it. Statistically speaking, you yeah. only use math. When math. I have to. But just imagine, like, I don't know if the typography of the planet was similar to what it is today, but we know that Mount Everest is the highest mountain currently. Yes, currently. So if that was similar back then, it says that the waters covered all the mountains. Right, it says that in chapter seven nineteen. Mm. So if Mount Everest is eight thousand eight hundred and forty eight meters tall, wow! And it rained for forty days, yeah. right, and forty nights. That means in order to cover Mount Everest in forty days, two hundred and twenty one meters of rain per day. Two hundred and twenty one meters of rain, rain every day for forty days. But it also says that it came up from yeah, the, the, the deep. The, uh, the, yeah. So the water came up. I'm looking for the words. <laughs> I'm just like. It, 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 uh, <laughs> it came up and yeah. it came down. It, yes. It, it welled up and it came down. What, what is the words that it says? It says that the, yeah, the depths of the deep yeah. opened up. Yeah. So all the wells, the, yeah, the, the, the artesian springs. springs the and all artesian that. springs. 
So, yeah. That's astounding. 221 metres of rain mm. up and down. For 40 days. For 40 days. But then they're actually... But that's just to get to the top. Yeah. You'd still see it. It, so was, it was a bit above. It was above that. Mm. And for every metre above that, that's a lot of rain. Yeah. A lot of water yeah. over the whole earth. Yes. Ah, it's so that's just by that's just by the way that's just by the way. <laughs> but they were actually on the boat for about a year, because by the time everything dried up, you know how Noah sent out the raven and it came back. And this is our seventh week. I know. Now we're on like a year. A year. <laughs> and then he sent out the dove, and the dove came back. And then he sent out the dove again. It came back with an olive leaf. Yes, the olive twig. And then he sent it out again, and it didn't come back. Come back, you smelly dove. But then it didn't come yeah, back. It didn't come back. Mm. So then, um, after a year, because Noah was six hundred. Yes, I think when they entered. when they went into the boat, and then he was six hundred and one. If my memory serves me, when they got off the boat. Well, that's good math. Yeah. So, <laughs> but but what I really what I really saw out of this historical account yes. of what happened with the flood was that Noah built a vessel of salvation. Mm. Noah himself, his life was actually a vessel of salvation mm. because he honoured God with his life. But he, he had to build a large vessel. God said the ark had to have rooms in it to yeah. accommodate everyone. It had to be a certain size. And so... He built a vessel of salvation, but he himself, his life was a vessel of salvation for his family. Because of him and his relationship with God, his whole family was saved. And our lives need to be vessels of salvation. Oh, that's very good. You know, for yes. not just us, but for our families and for the generations mm. that come after us. Our lives need to be vessels that are large. And I feel, I feel like during this time, God is enlarging us. He, he wants good. us to grow, to grow bigger and he wants us to be vessels of salvation that can carry people, carry people mm. to Jesus, carry people to salvation. And our vessels, our lives need to be constructed by the great architect. Yeah. We need to be... Yeah. You know, constructing our lives in consultation with the great architect who, need, who wants, you know, to build our lives. We need to consult him about the stuff our lives have made of, the dimensions of our lives. God, am I big enough to do what you want to do with me or do, do I need to be enlarged? Um. So I think mm. our, our prayer needs to be, God, if I'm not big enough to disciple someone else, then increase my capacity. Yeah. You know, increase the dimensions of this vessel mm. because we are vessels of mm. the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do through us. Yes. And if I'm not big enough to pray for someone else, then, Lord, increase my capacity. Yeah. Enlarge yeah. me. If I'm not big enough to share my faith with someone else during, you know, stormy times. Ooh. If I'm not big enough yeah. to reach out and say, hey, I know the way to salvation, mm. then increase my capacity. 
yeah. because, you know, it says in Joel in, in the last days he will pour out yeah. his spirit. Yeah. And everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And yeah. I feel like there's a another downpour coming, but there it's is. not it's not a downpour of judgment. It's no, an outpour of God's that's exactly spirit. Right. And when that when that happens, there's going to be people that are looking for salvation. There's going to be people that are hungry for salvation. Mm. And we need to have our vessels ready. We need mm. to be enlarged. We need to in yeah. God, allow God during this time to enlarge our capacities so that we can carry people to salvation. Yeah. Just like Noah had a yeah. big boat to carry the generations to salvation. We need to have large vessels. Mm. We need to be large vessels that can carry people to salvation. Mm. Yeah. And I just I just want to encourage people today that you know, if you have people in your family that aren't saved, just Entrust God. Just keep building your life and keep listening to the great architect and keep allowing him to enlarge you personally. Mm. Keep allowing him to build your life. And then when those people are ready to receive salvation, God is going to use you as that vehicle. And and you don't have to know what that's going to look like. (laughs) You don't have to know. Like Noah didn't know. Mm what the flood was going to look like, what the boat was going to look like. You don't have to know what that vehicle of salvation is going to look like or when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. But if you just listen to the Father and allow him to increase your capacity, allow him to build your life, then when the time comes, when when they come to you, you'll be ready. Mm. Mm. You know, you'll be ready to facilitate their salvation. Yeah. And yeah, I just want to encourage you with that. It's it's not we don't build our lives with our own hands. We we do it. We allow the great architect to yeah, build us. Yeah, come on. And then yep. he does the rest. Yes. We entrust the rest to him. So Yeah. yeah. That whole um, you know, statement about a self-made person. You know, self-made mm. millionaire, self-made mm. man, self-made woman or whatever it is and they the only issue with that is the whole self. Mm. It's still the focus. Self yeah. is still the focus there. And yeah. sadly, a lot of people that are self-made, they, yeah, they're limited in their perspective because it's, it just revolves around self. But if you could unite and use an old phrase like commune with the author of creation, the, the great architect, the one who um, designed stuff so vast that we still haven't seen the end of it and things so minuscule and microscopic and perfect, we still haven't seen that either. Like the, the, the Buxminster-Fuller curve tells us how, um, <laughs> how we are doubling, how fast we double in our knowledge here on earth and back at the in the 1900s early 1900s after the industrial revolution or right in the middle of it they deduced that we were doubling our um, knowledge every hundred years and then by the middle of last century they realized wait a minute we're doubling our knowledge every 45 years around the second world war and then in the 70s they realized no 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 we're doubling our knowledge every 20 years, we're, we're down to, what is it now? 
12, 13 hours, I think it is, we're doubling our knowledge and people are like blown away that technology is this profound, that technology and our like this hunger for knowledge is, is, showing, is, is revealing so much to us. We're discovering so much now. Like it's doubling, it'll be dropping down. They reckon it, within a, a couple of years, it'll be down to every 12 minutes, we'll be doubling our knowledge. And people are like, wow, we must be really smart. And I'm thinking, we're really dumb that there is every 12 day or 12 hours, there's half of the stuff that we knew 12 hours ago, we didn't know because we're doubling it that fast that there is so much that we still have not got about God's creation. So if we if you were able to build your life on everything that you think you know about life, you, you're missing it. You're missing it because none of us can actually know everything that we need to make it successfully, fully, and doing it well in reproducing and giving out to other people as well. You know, there's been some great business people and, um, you know, or artists or anything, and they hit the, the peak of their their I don't know, success, but their families fell apart or their marriage fell apart or, or whatever it is, relationships fall apart. But there's, a, there's actually a, a mindset and a, a system in place that we can do it well, and that's following Jesus. The, Kylie was just talking about discipleship. Um, the word discipleship means to discipline yourself after someone's teachings. And the teachings of Jesus were so profound that it changed human history. That we, everything, when Jesus came, we changed our dateline that it was all central to Jesus. Like the calendar that we have today um, is central to Jesus. Now, we, I've tried to change it and make it, you know, that it was before the common era and now we're in the common era um, but it's still the same date. They've just t- changed the, the BC to BC and the AD to CE, Common Era, instead of Amino Domini in the year of our Lord. But it's still about Jesus. I can tell you now that you might think, oh, yeah, but that's, that's um, trivial to me. It doesn't mean anything to me. But I can tell you now that if you focus on the teachings of Jesus, your life will change. Yeah, the atmosphere of your life will change, your perspective on life will change, your perspective on the planet, your, perspe- your perspective on, on your work, your perspective on your relationships will change because he doesn't just um, reveal things, he heightens the pleasure in it, he heightens the, what you get out of it, his, his way of doing things because it's all based on love. And God so loved the world, he so loved us, that he gave his only son. That's John 3.16. Most people can quote that. Even people that um, don't know the Bible, if you start off saying that one, they've, they've heard it because it's been said so many times. But God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So um, as you can see, or maybe you haven't noticed, but we're, we're actually going to share communion today. Um, the message went out, River Edge, so hopefully you got it. Um, if you haven't got anything, just quietly, don't have to yell and scream and carry on. Just go and get something, just some, I don't know, some water out of the tap and, um, I don't know, some 
bunny fluff from behind the seat. Yeah, have a look around in the sofa cushions. There might be some food that the kids left. You know, like a bit of bread or something like that that you can use. No one's laughing. I thought that was quite funny in my head. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What Jesus did for us is just so astounding. I, I'm, um, I'm 51 years old and I've no, been walking with Jesus since I was six years old. It hasn't always been a, um, a, you know, a balanced relationship, but the, more, the older I get, the more I realise I need to, to really lean into Jesus. When I've tried to do it my own way, I've just messed up. When I've tried to do it the way that I think things should be done, it just hasn't always gone well for me because um, I missed the mark. Jesus came to show us who the Father is. When we see the Father, when we see his plan, when we see his design for life, then um, it just blows us away. I I can tell you now, when you get to see that for the first time, it'll just blow you away. You say, it's everywhere. God's plan's everywhere, and it it is. From the, the farthest reaches of the universe that we've been able to see, right down to the most microscopic element of our existence, um, God's order and God's signature is all there. And that's why Scripture tells us that he has placed himself in creation so that no one has an excuse, so that no one that's able to to look at these things can just um, pass it away as being, this was an accident. This just happened because of some reason. No, I I can tell you now that, that God has created everything and he's created you for a purpose and a design. If you are breathing and on the planet at the moment, then the God of creation designed for you to be here, not only in this season, but to be alive for a purpose and to produce fruit with your life. And the only way to do that is to get to know Jesus. And then when you get to know Jesus, you get to know the heart of the Father. And when you get to see Dad, you'll understand who you are and what your place is on the earth. So on the Passover, the last Passover that Jesus got to experience here on the earth, he got with the disciples and he um, had a supper with them. There's a painting by, is it Da Vinci or? You're the artist, you should know. There's a great, we all know this painting quite well. Who painted it? Somebody? Da Vinci? I think so. Ah, let's just go with that. The Last Supper, it's called. <laughs> and, um, but Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed by Judas... Um, he gave thanks to God. Now, he knew exactly what was coming, but he gave thanks to God and he, he broke the bread and he said, this is my body that is broken for you. So it, it doesn't say this represents my body. It's, but he's, he actually says, this is my body. I, I don't get that yet. I don't fully comprehend that. I, I've got to grow in my understanding and and get a greater revelation of that. I've had glimpses of it, but I don't fully comprehend it. But by faith, we take this today. And he broke the bread and he handed it out and he said, eat. And as you eat of this, remember me. And then he said, do this often to remember me. So we're doing this today to remember Jesus. And then in the same way, after he finished eating, he he took the, the cup and he said, 
he took the, the cup and he said, this is the, the blood, this is my blood that is shed for you. And this is the cup of the new covenant. Drink this cup. And the new covenant is a new relationship, a new promise with God that the old system of doing things was gone and now a new system was being heralded. So it was, it was being kick-started, and, but it was planned always. Scripture tells us that Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the foundations. So before the earth was formed, before sin had come into existence, before anything else, Jesus had already, was already the lamb that was coming to be slain. I, I, again, body, don't fully get it. Lamb slain before the foundations of the earth, don't fully get it. But by faith, we say, God, your plans are so much bigger than mine. This just blows me away. That before there was even the, the sniff of a problem, you had the answer. And it was your son. It was always meant to be this way. And where we are at the moment, this is God's plan. It's not, not that COVID or not that people should die or not all those type of things. But where we are right at the moment, you're alive. You're with your family. What's God's plan for your family? What's God's plan for your life? Maybe you've never entertained this before. It's time to not only entertain it, but enter into the fullness of what God has for you. And we do this by what Jesus has already achieved for us. When he was on the cross, he didn't die. He, didn't, he wasn't killed by the Roman centurions. He gave up his spirit. No one killed him. He, didn't, he, he said, no one kills me. I give myself freely. This is what Jesus said. And when he, just before he gave up his spirit, he, he said, it is done, it is finished, it is complete. And what that means is now that heaven is open to you. Heaven is open to us. The fullness of heaven, the kingdom of God, is available and open to us. Paul went even further in one of those beautiful letters that Kylie talked about when he was in prison writing. And, and he said that when we eat and drink, we actually proclaim Jesus' death. So not only are you remembering Jesus today, but we're making a proclamation of everything that he's done for us. The healing, the deliverance, the salvation, the fullness of life, the purpose, the direction, the, the peace, the patience, you know, everything that comes from love the fruits of the Spirit, all that is available to us. So whatever aspect it is, if you need peace today, then make a proclamation as you eat and drink that, God, you are my peace, that you are God, shalom. That is a beautiful word, shalom. The fullness of peace, that you are God, my provider, that you are God, my healer, that you are God, my banner, that you are God, my protector. So we're going to agree this morning. Do you want to pray? And then we're going to eat and we're going to drink with glad, glad hearts and rejoicing that, um, that we've got such a good God. We remember Jesus, but we also proclaim Jesus. Everything that his death has achieved. Is everyone good? Everyone's got this? Yep. So glad we get to do this together, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Kai. Cool. Let's agree together. If Thank you, Father. You guys at home agree with me as well. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation. Thank you for everything that is now ours because of the price that you paid on the cross. Mm. Thank you that you see us as perfect. You see us as cleansed. Thank you for eternity. 
that we get to spend forever with you. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your great Thank love you, for us that you sent your son to pay the price for our humanity, for our failings, for the times that we mess up, for when we miss the mark. Jesus, you paid the price for our frailty, for our failings, and we're so grateful. We're so grateful that because of you, we can step confidently into your presence, knowing that you see us as perfect. Mm. Your arms are wide open to every single one of us because we're your sons and daughters. Mm. And we thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We thank you that you love us, you welcome us, you embrace us, you heal us, you rejoice over us, and you have good things for us. Your plans are good for us in the future. And we agree on that and we declare that today Mm. in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for your body. Thank you for your body that you offered so so freely. You counted it all joy. Thank you, by your stripes we are healed. You are the unblemished lamb, lamb that was sacrificed for all mankind. You are a worthy sacrifice. You are more than enough. Thank you, Jesus. Without blood, it was impossible to atone for sin. But your blood, your precious blood, achieved it all. Not only that, but your blood opened up a new covenant, a new promise, a new relationship with the Father. Thank you for revealing the Father and thank you for accomplishing the Father's plan. It's by your blood, Jesus. Thank you for the incredible washing of your blood empowering of your blood. Thank you for the new relationship that we have with the Father. That word proclaiming and proclamations, it's a... it's an, it's an amazing thing and, and you might need to, to make some proclamations over your home and make some proclamations over your children, over your marriage, over, over your neighbourhood even. You, and you don't have to be weird about this. You can just go out there because it's not people that um, our fight's with or against. It's against principalities and powers. So you can just do this quietly, go for a prayer walk around your neighbourhood and start proclaiming the protection and the security of God around your neighbourhood. And, and as you go past people's homes, if you know those people, then just start proclaiming God's protection and God's providence over their lives and start praying for them um, and around your region. But pray, pray for your home. Make a proclamation over your home of God's protection over your home, over an open heaven over your home. Um, Make a proclamation of uh, God's healing and God's guidance over your children and discipline over your children. Do it while they're asleep. Don't freak them out or anything like that. Pray over their bed during the day. You know, anoint their bed with oil. Go, maybe anoint your property. Go around and just anoint the corners of your property with, with oil and just proclaim the authority of the name of Jesus over your home. 
Uh, it's a season to start not shrinking back and being isolated in um, in your spirit. This is a this is a time for, as Kylie was saying before, to expand your spirit, expand your faith, expand your expectation, and um, start praying specifically for things. Because I know that we're we're right in a season where God is moving profoundly. I've never had the ease with which I have now to share the goodness of God um, and just talk about God with people. It, everywhere I go, I'm, I'm happy with people most of the time, but I'm, I'm going above and beyond. When I talk to people, I'm asking how their day's going. I, they're looking great. They're doing, not in a creepy way, but you know, just, just try it. Because I know I've seen people walking around just with this cloud um, with anxiety and tension on them. Don't carry that. Carry a different spirit everywhere you go. Be happy. D- be patient in line. It, it, let someone else go in, in front of you. If you've been waiting for a while or someone pushes in front of you and they go, oh, sorry, were you here first? Don't go, yeah, and get back. No, no, no. Say, no, no, please go before me and do it well. Let's be generous, large people. Let's not be isolated in our spirits. Let's not be isolated in our faith. Let our faith have no walls. Let our spirit have no, no confinement. Let's see God move in our world. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about services or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au. 